today we celebrated a little Valentine's with a breakfast burrito. Nothing says love like food. <laughs> As I've gotten older, I love it more and more, really. Um, um, the verse today, or the kids' verse today, what's that? Yeah, I mean, I'm silly. <laughs> You're not the only one that thinks that. I know, I am. We're going to get serious for just a second, though. We're going to go to, we're going to go to Ephesians two, and we're going to ver- read three verses, eight, nine, and ten. So Putman is going to bring up Ephesians two eight, and we're going to read this. And there's something amazing in this set of verses. There's a few things, and I want you to understand some of it. So as we get to Ephesians two eight. It says, wrong one, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. So we've been, we've been, we're born a certain way with desires to do things our own way, which leads to trouble, that trouble is called sin, our desires are actually sinful, and, and ultimately, we need saved from that. We need, need saved from the results of that. And our God come and he did that. And all we have to do is believe that he was here, that Jesus was here, and he rescued us from that by us believing. And then we go to verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good. Listen to this, kids. Re- salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. We can't take credit for it. The only thing good about it that we did is that we believed that Jesus was here and he saved us from ourselves and from our own actions, from sin. So it's amazing what he did. And then this next verse, I love this, is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. And if we go to 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us in a special way. He wanted to save us so that we could become his masterpiece, his special creation. It says, so for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He's got so many plans for us, and they're in the future, some of them starting today. But he wants us to know that, that if we accept him, that if we seek him, in that moment, we become his masterpiece, and he starts to put in play these wonderful plans that he made for us even long before we were born. So I got this question for you. You're God's masterpiece, right? So because you're younger than me, I'm older, right? So am I a bigger masterpiece than you? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's kind of a confusing question. But the truth of the matter is, no. I am his masterpiece, but I'm not any more of a special masterpiece than you are or anybody here. We are all, through receiving him, through believing in him, we are his special masterpiece, and he has special tasks for us to do for his glory. Does that make sense at all? A little bit? I pray that, let's pray about it all right now, okay? Heavenly Father, I just pray that the truth of your word would sink into us all. That each and every one of us is, in fact, indeed, as we accept you. 
We become your special, your masterpiece, your special creation. And yes, you have amazing tasks for us to do that make us live a life worth living, that allow us the privilege of, of being complete and whole and purposeful. And I just praise you for all this in the name of Jesus. And I pray that, I just pray that, that as the word came out this morning, that it, would, that it would soak into these young people, that, that they would accept it and receive it and carry it throughout their entire lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. The Holy Spirit never ceases to amaze me in how he ties everything together and from the worship songs to uh, what I was preparing this message for. And, and uh, I want to tell you again this morning, I like when the house is pretty full, I like to... I like the platform of being in here, and I like the platform of being, I'm really comfortable on the back of a horse, and so I like to do it this way, not because, not because I think it's the best way, I just, I'm comfortable here and I enjoy it, and, I, and it gives me a chance to use, to use a horse as an, as an example. Um, some time ago, you know, last week we talked about some horses were harder for me to train years ago than they are now and I and and I got I've grown to understand that the problem wasn't theirs it was mine and my understanding of them well likewise as I've taken as over the years I've come to understand that if I take a horse in training or even if it's my own I've got to find something special about that horse I've got to find a purpose for it because if I don't, I don't do a very good job with that horse. And I was reminded as I was preparing this message today that each and every horse that comes in my barn, I had better find something special about it. And uh, years ago, I had this wonderful lady helping me with, with the horses. She was cleaning stalls and loping for me. And she didn't mean anything by it, but she would talk negatively about some of the horses. She would be like, that stupid son of a gun. Uh, and and, and uh, she didn't mean a thing by it. She's my great friend today. And if she ever watches this, I hope that uh, she d knows I'm not throwing rocks at her. I'm just telling this story. But there came a time when I would be in the barn and she would be talking negatively about a horse. And I just couldn't take it no more. And I'm like, hey, here's the deal. That horse has got to be special to us or we don't need to take it in training. If we can't find something unique and special about that horse, we need to send it home. And if I send it home, then I don't have the income and I no longer need you. So we've got to find a special thing about this horse. As I would think about this type of thing, so it is us in Christ. He has this amazing ability to find something special in each and every one of us. We, in fact, are his masterpiece, each and every one of us. And it's so amazing to me how those little people are no more or less his masterpiece than those of us with age. We all fit into this category. And this thought process has brought me to an awareness of where we are today and, and uh, um, I'm going to explore it a little bit further but first I want to go to James the second chapter 
So if you'll turn with me to James 2. So we're going to start right in the beginning. The title is A Warning Against Prejudice. I'm telling you what, anytime the word warning shows up in the Bible, that makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Gets my attention because that shows me that me or us as humans are vulnerable to what it's fixing to tell me. So, let's read a little bit. It says, a warning against prejudice. 2-1. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in your glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? Now, I know each and every one of us has been guilty of this at some point in time. I mean, I know it. We fight it every week, every day. But we're, as Christ, we're overcomers. Let's read verse 2. For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is dirty. We could put in parentheses even stinky in here if we wanted to. Who is dirty and stinky and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, who can you can stand over there or else sit on the floor, well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Now, as I go forward, I want to, I want to commend our body. I think this is the most amazing church body I've ever been in in my life, and there's less of that here than any place I've ever seen. Matter of fact, last Wednesday at the men's group, there was a man there, and he said that was the first time I have ever been in a church service when I didn't feel looked down upon. And I'm like, praise God, we got, we're getting this right. I am so blessed and honored to be part of a church body that's pulling this off correctly. Matter of fact, he said, I, he said, I had so much help getting up the stairs, I was afraid they are going to make me fall down. <laughs> Which was awesome. In, in a, but I think we are missing a few things, you know, and I've really been convicted in this week. In our church body, I believe that we are getting it as right as we can be. But there's some things going on in our community that we're missing. And I want to share them with you. Do you know that this last, a week ago today, I was watching Fox News. I hadn't, because I'm busy, because I create busyness around me, I like the busyness, and I, I, I'm kind of addicted to it, I think. Um, I just like to be busy. I like to have a lot going on, and I haven't had a lot of time for news. But I was watching the news, and in the news, I'm finding something special about you here in just a minute. <laughs> um, in the news, they were talking to, they, there was a place where they, where they interviewed each of each of the presidential candidates. And they asked them a specific question. And they went through whatever it is, the top five, 
on the Democratic side, and I'm not throwing rocks at Republicans or Democrats. I'm just telling you the facts of what I heard that day a week ago. But the facts are they ask each of the five, what type of per judge would you apply to the Supreme Court Justice of Peace? Every one of them made one statement. They said, I would not consider a person for that position that was not completely in favor of Roe versus Wade. I'm like, so we have a choice here of voting for people that are judging people. I mean, let's face it. Every one of us in here has been crazy close to this at some point in time in our lives. He's nervous as I am. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is what they're saying, what they're saying is that one person has a right to choose over another person because they had the privilege of being born first. That's it. The only privilege that the person that's choosing life over another person has is that they were born first. I can't come up with another one that made them more special. Now, as I'm making this statement, I want you to know that if, that if somebody disagrees with me right now, my, I'm called to love on them just the same. I'm called to love on them with every cell of my body. But I don't have to agree with them. I need to pray the truth upon them. And I certainly don't need to vote them in a position of authority over me. Now I want to take this clear right to our, our local. We're, we, we're coming into a time, and, and over this, this body, for the next however long it takes, is going to be on a journey of self-discovery, of spiritual discovery. And as we discover who we are, we're ultimately, my hope is that every person within earshot will discover what they are called to do and have the courage to take a step in that direction. But here, so here we are, we're dealing with this issue. If somebody here has dealt with this issue in the past, can they be forgiven of it? Of course. It's not the unforgivable sin. But we can't condone it or justify it. It's still sin, like all others. And we have to take a stand against it. Love the sinner, hate the sin. And we certainly can't vote somebody that insists on people being over top of us that insist on condoning one person being a judge over another person. Ultimately, what happens next, it looks to me like, because if you had the privilege of being born first and choosing death or life over another human, then the next thing that has to come is if that person was born without the same mental, mental faculties as me, then suddenly I have the right to choose life or death over them. Or perhaps because they're older and of less purpose now, now I have the right to choose life and death over them. And it, I don't see how it doesn't ultimately end up in those type when, as we go down this road. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. But the truth of the matter is, we have to be really careful about how we choose people 
that have authority over us so that we can so that we can do the things we're called to do we're called to be we're called to be to treat all people as equals they all are God's masterpiece or have the potential to be every one of them take that clear to our local elections that are fixing to come up listen we need to know what they stand for we didn't know know what they believe we need to know what they stand on and we need to vote accordingly and love on them if they disagree with us in every single way don't we isn't that the truth let me finish here I'm going to read I'm going to read three and four again if you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person but you say to the poor one you can stand over there or else sit on the floor well doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives verse 5 listen to me dear brothers and sisters hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him when I read 5 it just speaks to me so loudly that God has a purpose and a plan for each and every human. And he wants us to love on them and encourage them and bless them and treat them as equals so that they can become that person that he's called them to be. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you. We need you. Each and every one of us, one way or another, has shown signs of discrimination in our past. <laughs> some of us, some of us real recently, one way or another, we've chosen one human over another in simple ways, in selfish ways. And Father, I just thank you for being the God that can forgive us, for the God that does forgive us, for the God that loves us. And Father, I pray... I pray also that if there's anybody within earshot that has never turned their life over to you, I pray that right now, right this very second, they're seeking you with their whole heart. That there's like, the way it went for me, Father, you know, is, is that I got so sick of making a mess out of my life that I, that I turned it over to you and I've never looked back. And Father, I just, pray that, I just pray that somebody right here, right now is making that same type of choice. And Father, I pray that you would peel the scales from our eyes so that we could see, so we could see the places that we discriminate, so that we could see the discrimination in those that were voting into authority over us, so that we could make good and wise and discern decisions. And Father, I thank you for this wonderful, amazing body that so freely loves on each and every person that comes through that door. And I pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.